everyone. Welcome to the Vagicine Podcast. It's Vanessa here, and you know we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. And today on the podcast, we have Belise Spivey, who is an STD life coach who's doing amazing work in destigmatizing STDs, talking about it. I love your YouTube videos, and I'm super excited that you're here. Hey, Belise. Hey, 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 girl, hey, hey, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so grateful that you're here. I love your work. I love your tweets. I love the coaching that you do online. And so tell us more about yourself, who you are, what got you interested in your work and started in your work. All right. Well, once again, introduce myself. I'm Belise Spivey, the STD Life Coach. I serve African-American women living with herpes. And most people are like, why just herpes? It's because I've been living with it for nine years. Mm. Um, in the process of living with it, I didn't see anybody looking like me. No lie. I went on YouTube. Right. I went online. And they did not look like me. They didn't live the life I lived. They didn't live in my communities. So I was like, okay, I got to do something. So I joined a support group and I started finding other individuals who look like me, but they were still stuck mm. with the stigma of herpes. So I was like, you know what? Over with. We about to change this. <laughs> this is my mindset. We ain't going to stay stuck. Right. Somebody got to do it. I felt like I was a Harriet Tubman of uh, herpes. I'm like, let's get out. <laughs> so I decided to, while I was helping other people, I started to free myself from the stigma. And, uh, just three years ago, I decided I'm going to go live. I'm just going. I'm going to out myself. I'm going to tell the world, and I'm going to help other people overcome mm. it. And I've been able to do that. I've been helping millions of people, and to me, that sounds like, oh, oh my god, I can't believe it. Yeah. But millions of people overcome the stigma of herpes. I think, you know what, and that's why I was just so excited to have this conversation with you because last year. Um, I wanted to have a show of, of course, around STDs and living with yeah. STDs, et cetera. And I could not find anybody um, that was of color that was out nope. that was talking about this. And so I was scouring. I was asking people that I knew. And then we did a show eventually um, with the amazing, amazing founder of Prevention is Key. And she she talked about her work in working with people with STDs. But it was just different Mm -hmm. because I was like, yo, when I'm doing these Googles and I'm trying to find guests or I'm trying to ask around or, you know, keep my, you know, keep keep people on my radar. It's a lot of white women who are writing blogs, who are. Um, yep. being open about just like, Hey, I, you know, I have this or like, here's my 40 day journey with this. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, I know you tell the whole truth. Okay. Exactly. I know. Exactly. I absolutely know. Um, I know a couple of women I even do work with now and yeah. working beside and I always tell them, I thank you because at the end of the day, without them, we still wouldn't have nothing. That's right. That's right. And you I know, so exactly. I'm just grateful that they felt liberated right. to even want to open their mouths and right. just want to out their selves and do that. And even encouraging me to say, if she can do it, that's right. I can do it. That's and right. we need it when we're number one for everything. Well, so that's the, see, here's the thing. And this is, and, and you know what, you know, me and you believe me, we're girls. You know, we can talk. We can talk. We can disagree. Yes, we can talk. We can <laughs> talk for real, for real. So here's what I was thinking. And tell me if you disagree with me. I, I'm thinking okay. the reason why we don't have more, because when we're talking about the sheer numbers of people who are living with HIV, STIs, herpes, HPV, etc., like, 
the numbers are evident that like you will mostly marry, love, know, be girlfriends with something, somebody with, with somebody who has an STD and there's still so much stigma, but I feel like the reason why we don't have a lot of women of color coming out and doing the work that you're doing or writing the blogs and being, you know, outward and forward with it is because one, of course, the stigma from the community, but two, like the threat of what does this mean for my livelihood, my relationships, my love life, my, um, you know, just like, what would people do with this information? And we know that the most disrespected woman is the, is the black woman. And I feel like people are probably scared. And this is me as an outsider, but I'm feeling like people are scared yeah. um, to, to um, you know, do the amazing work or mirror the amazing work you're doing because of what this threat could be to my livelihood and my community and my kids and all of these different things. Mm-hmm. So what made you so brave to, and I, I know I'm using brave and you may be like, girl, I ain't brave. I'm just, I'm just doing me. But <laughs> in this context, <laughs> what made you so brave to just to, 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 to show yourself and to really be an advocate and to really speak up about this? I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back to my beliefs. Yeah. I don't know if you're okay with that, but that's, that's, that's that. the biggest reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat in the bed after finding out I had herpes and I was bawling. Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm on the phone with my best friend and literally just a year prior, she found out she had HIV and I was standing right with her while she cried. Yeah. So I was like, why us? Right. Why us? This is bullcrap. We're yeah. in school at that time. You know, we're, I was in my sophomore year of college. So I'm like, I'm young. Why me? Mm. And then I heard in my mind, yes, you, because you're bold enough to do it. Mm. You ain't scared of nobody. That's your thing. And my mom raised us, don't be scared of nobody. That's right. Nobody. Open your mouth and say what you want, and it don't matter how they like it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yes. Y'all ever met my mom? My mom is so bold. She was safe anything and I love that about her even though she's not that tactful but (laughs) um, I love that about her because it gets you to a point where you're not fearing nothing Mm. and for so long for seven years I was so scared even though I was doing it underline and I'm not knocking anybody who's the behind the scenes of course thank you of course yeah. Thank you, because behind the scenes, you don't know that you're building other people to, to step out. Because right. I had people doing that for me, and I said, you know what? You're not ready yet to step out, right. or because of their job. Some people yeah. can't do stuff because of their job. That's right. Some people can't do it because of the sake of their children's par- their parents or their culture or whatever. It will literally put them on the chopping block. Yeah. And as we know, some people are not willing to die for a cause. Right. <laughs> Hello. You know, but I was just a person who was just like, okay, if we want to see a difference, especially within our community, we have to die for our community to change. Right. We have seen it in our history. Thank God we're talking about this in Black History Month. Yes. Everything that changed is because somebody died for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That means they physically died, mentally died, family and they family died. They right. sacrificed people who were running with them. Right. So I was willing to just sacrifice my thoughts, my feelings, what folks view to me for the sake of somebody else who don't have to deal with it. That's because right. now other women don't have to take seven years to decide they want to voice their opinion. They can be after a year and decide, you know what, I want to be an um, advocate. That's you know, right. it's the difference between an advocate and an activist. Right. You know the difference. Right. Okay. But you can be an advocate where I'm just going to go out here and 
I'm going to educate people and I'm going to correct people when the information is wrong. I'm going to give resources. But as an activist, I'm putting myself on a chopping block. I'm willing to take the negativity. I'm willing to fight. Right. I'm willing to go the extra mile. I'm willing to make the um, sacrifices that an you know, advocate may not do, but I'm still feeding them to do what I can't do every day. I can't sit and correct everybody on social media. Right, right, right. You know? So I said, at the end of the day, I feel like I did it because it wasn't no activist for her people. That's listen, and there ain't no activists that look like us, and I think that's that's part of that's part of the issue. Like I, I, I wanted I wanted to see someone like yourself so bold and speaking up, and who and who could share because a lot of this stuff is so hush hush, and this I feel yeah. like the shame comes from I'm the only one, or I'm by myself in this, or yeah. Yeah. of course, of course, this person could go out there and do this because they're independent, independently making money, or their family is supporting. I wish y'all, thank y'all for declaring that money into my life because <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like this is not fully paying everything. Of yet. course, I'm going to put the yet of on course. it. Okay, um, and I mean, you can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, doing this stuff, we have to sacrifice. That's right. Like sometimes we're quitting our jobs not knowing how we're going to pay our bills <laughs> or taking less than jobs so you can still do your call. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but people don't understand that. So I feel like at the end of the day, I, I look at it like my community is worth me sacrificing my yeah. temporary right, right. for other people's eternity. Right. Because at the end of the day, stigma, this stigma caused mental disorders. As we know in our community, mental disorders are heavy. Yeah. And I will say that across the globe, mental disorders are heavy. But in our community, we have been, de- we've been dealing with stigmas. We've been dealing with abuse. Right. So, Depression is heavy. Anxiety is heavy. Right. Panic attacks are heavy. Right. Right. Let's not let's not go into bipolarness, <laughs> right? Schizophrenia, right? And all of this stuff, you know, which a lot of people don't understand that that can be created based off trauma. That's right. Everybody is not born with mental disorders. Right. It's created with trauma, mm-hmm. and that's another thing we have to understand when we deal with traumatic experiences, especially with everything that we're seeing on social media. It can cause you to go into depression. It can cause you to have anxiety when you see police officers. I know. Right. I was there, and right. I just chose not to continue to dabble in it. Right. No, I totally hear you. I totally hear you. You know, so we just have to understand it's very important that we got to do something. Yeah. And I was willing to be the person who do something. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So, okay, so you're the person doing something, and your something is being the STD life coach. What yes. is an STD life coach? And, and okay, no, I'm, I was going to ask you what made you become one, but we know why. So what is, how do you classify or how do you define an STD life coach? Literally, an SE life coach is someone who literally leads people through their STD. That's it. Mm. That is pretty much it. If anybody know what a life coach is, it's someone who assists them with reaching a goal. So what I do is I assist you to overcome whatever that STD is. So the stigma, you know, learning education, learning how to disclose, um, how do you go about advocating for yourself at the Mm. doctor's office? You know, different things like that. If everybody know, my main focus is herpes. Yeah, that is my main focus. I do assist in other areas. Um, as we know, HIV have their advocates. Right. You know, right. you want an HIV advocate? Hit me up. I right. know hundreds. Right. Okay. Right. Right. 
you know, but when it comes to STD, I was really focusing on herpes. Yeah. And I came up with a name because I was talking to a coach because um, I was like, I need to get me a coach. I know what I want to do, but I don't have a name for it. So I told her I want to be a herpes, a herpes life coach. She said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Because people are going to get scared based off that word. Mm. That word is so stigmatized. Yeah. People may not ever come to you because they're scared of the word. Right, right. So if they say STD, it's a little bit more acceptable, yeah. and we're used to it. Yeah. We have been, we have, we all heard it so long that we're not moved. <laughs> you know, right. it still got, like, get us excited. You know, we still move about it a little bit, right. but it's not a word that scares us. Just right. like HIV, it don't scare us as much as it used to right. because we heard it so long. So I chose that, and I was like, I want to be a life coach. I was going to school. I got my master's in human services with a concentration in life coaching, and I'm a certified life coach. So okay. I was a great okay. um, Tony uh, Gaskis. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, I chose it because it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting advocated. as You don't have anybody assisting you with get an SC. That's gonorrhea. That's chlamydia. That's syphilis. That's uh, hep C. Nobody supports you in that, and you need it. I don't care if nobody say. When you find out you got gonorrhea, you're traumatized. Right. So just imagine you get HIV or herpes, how more traumatized because you can't get rid of it. Right, right. It's true. And nobody assists you in it other than, you know, HIV, you will get, you know, a counselor and things like that. But still, that back-end support don't exist. Right, right. You go to your doctor, your doctor your doctor tells you, and then you get your meds, and then you're pretty, yeah, you're right. You're pretty much on your own after that. No one like, tells okay, you. don't go back out there and do the same thing. Right. But what if, <laughs> what if I was doing everything you told me to do and I still got it? Right. For my women and our men who are listening to this. Right. If you did everything right, it's still not enough. Why? Because you're still not educated enough. Right, right. When you lack knowledge, you will perish. <laughs> the lack of knowledge causes the It's so true because we are taught, let's think about what we're taught from, you know, us. We're probably a little bit of age, so we mm-hmm. still got sex ed, but they don't really get that anymore. Yeah. But when we learn from our parents or just going to the doctor, they tell you, for one, use protection. That's it. Number two, get tested. And number three, ask questions. You know that's out of order? Of course. It's education, number one. Right. Then proper testing. Right. Number two, then asking questions. Right. Number three. Right. And then use condoms correctly. And consistently. These men don't even know how to put a condom on. Never. People just hand them condoms. And I really feel for my men. And it's... I'm kind of getting emotional about it because I feel bad for our men. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about men in general mm-hmm. because they're not properly being taught how to have safe sex. And when they pass a, a STD on or they get an STD, nobody comforts men. Mm. They just tell them, oh, you'll be all right, man. Go get your meds. And then we'll put another condom on. But he's like, bro, I put the condom on. What right. you mean? Right, right. What you mean? Right. I did that. Yeah. But it broke. Right. Because he didn't know his proper sizing. He did not understand how to pitch it. He didn't understand how to roll it. Right. He didn't know. He right. didn't know. Right. No, and I think that we but it's not it's not just that. I, I it I I love everything you just said. I think it's the 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 order of things that you just said, but it's the depth of what we say. Because yeah. the problem yeah. 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 as a sexual health educator. What I, I had to yeah. catch myself. I feel like in the last like two years, 
I've really come to this realization that like, it's not enough that when I'm standing in front of the audience to say like, get tested, talk to your partners, whoop-de-whoop, blah-blah-blah. Because the thing is, these are all hard conversations. It doesn't matter if you have a, a STD, if you don't, if you're just out here being a human in the world, having a conversation assertively with somebody about something that may make you uncomfortable is hard. And we don't do, we in, in health education, I feel like we don't take the extra step to make sure that people know exactly how to do something. And so when when it comes to that, it's like, okay, well, here's the condom. At least I provide the condom. But no, can you stand here and tell me all the steps? Can you at least tell me the steps and I could put it on if you're uncomfortable touching the model? Can you tell me how to put on an internal or female condom? Can you turn to your partner and practice? Let's practice. And let me give you some prompts. Let me sit with you and teach you the prompts on how to bring this up or how to ask your partner to get tested. And then when it comes to getting tested, (laughs) and then when it comes to getting tested, that's right. It's the absolute truth. We tell people go get tested, right? But we don't say what what it's like getting tested. So of course now I'm already scared because you're just telling me to go do something. And then we talk about to ask your partners to get tested. Well, how how the hell do I do that during breakfast? Do I say it over text? Do I? You know, just tell them Do straight I say up. while we laying in the bed and about to do something? Exactly. <laughs> like, what in the world? Like, we just don't. Uh, and, and, and I mean, it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's just like the way that I feel like we've all been trained. It's like, just teach them, teach them, teach them. But the teaching, That's not good enough. the teaching is not good enough. And that is proven because people still lack the skills needed to follow through. And it's, and I feel like everyone knows like, oh yeah, get tested. Oh yeah. Use con. I, I feel like yeah, everyone. But they don't know how to get tested. And they don't. And that's the, the thing. Is, you know how many people you can ask now and say, what tests are involved in a standard test? They mm-hmm. have no clue. Oh, they'll say you everything. Yeah. And they'll well, say, you get tested for everything? I said, did you get tested for gonorrhea? Right. Right. And they think when you go get a pap smear that you're getting tested. You're not. And so it's no, like, we don't. <laughs> girl, I do that for years. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, girl, I'm clean. <laughs> because they're just like, here, I swabbed some. You should be good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. We just have, I feel like we have the work to do in being able and that, and I feel like that takes a special skill to, to be able to elevate, to conduct a conversation for people to get something that's very skills-based because a lot of our education is very didactic. It's very like lecture. It's very do this, do this, do this. Okay. Now you have the information, go out and prosper, but I can't prosper when I don't feel like I'm an equal partner in my relationship and I can't tell my partner, no, it's not because I think you're dirty. It's because I want to be safe and something tells me I want to go get tested. Like that's a, you're not there with those people to have those conversations and we're not doing a good enough job teaching that. So I think I, agree. I love that you're doing this because it goes that extra mile and it's that step and it's that handholding that some people need in order to see themselves and to, to shake off that stigma and to really navigate the world so that they're, they're getting their healing and, you know, being confident in, in, in their diagnosis. So girl, you better work, you better work. 
Girl, we we got to talk a whole nother. We're going to have to do another one of these. Yeah. Talking about just what you talked about and going hand in hand and even doing dialogue together because my whole thing is it's not that we don't want to have the conversation. Yeah. It's the wording mm-hmm. and the timing. Right. That is difficult. Right. And on top of that, what is your community? And I always ask any of my clients when I do my disclosure yeah. sessions because I offer those for yeah. 30 minutes and I ask them. What is y'all communication style? Mm. Mm. How do you talk to each other? Where's the relationship at? Damn. Are y'all healthy? Is mm. it a healthy relationship? Come on. Do you really want to be with him? Do you really not want to be with him? Seriously. Seriously. I ask these questions because if your communication style is already jacked, man, your chances, and this is what I hear. I don't want to tell him. I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't want to face it. You don't want to face it. Like, what are we doing here? Because you already know it's not healthy. What and that goes into what a lot of people don't like having conversations. You know, it's easier to have conversation with friends. And I love using this dialogue. When you got to tell your homegirl something, you don't hesitate. You right. ain't really scared. You're worried about her feelings. You're worried about her, you know, how she accepted. But she, you're not concerned because you know you're going to do it out of love. You know you're going to tell her something that may be difficult. But you do it anyway because you care about her well-being. We lack that in relationships. In our romantic relationships, those folks ain't our friends for real. Because if they were, you would say what you need to say. Because I know I'll come to you and say, girl, I don't trust him. You need to go get tested. You want me to go with you? Right. Right. I'll hold your hand. But when it comes to your love life, (laughs) you don't want to say, hey, I love you. And last time you got tested, you were with your home, your girl in the past, and you know she was screwing everybody. (laughs) And this is no judgment, okay? But we talking about how we talk to each other. You know she cheated on you three, four times with different dudes. (laughs) She burnt you two, three times. You don't tell me you ain't going to go get tested this time? No, you going. Let's go. We're not having that conversation because we're so worried that they're going to leave us and they don't want to be with us. Right. That's selfishness. And if that was your friend, you wouldn't treat him that way. Right. But you want to love him and marry him and be with him, but you're not doing the same things you're offering your friends. Come That's crazy. Belize, we don't have time. Belize, you, you going down. We're, we're almost on Valentine's Day. You're talking, about, you're talking about love right now. You're talking about openness. You're talking about vulnerability. We, got, we got time. <laughs> It's we got time. Like, and as we go into that, and I'm so happy um, about your your event that you're having coming yeah. up. I wish I was up there because <laughs> I would come. I know it's going to be an amazing event. I, I know it, you're going to help so many people, um, especially since you're having it before <laughs> Valentine's Day. And I would say to anybody who's listening to before Valentine's Day, please have real conversations. Stop trying to jump into the candy and the sex and really <laughs> make sure this is safe. Because a lot of us are not being safe. Right. If you don't trust them, why are you having sex with them? It's a, I mean, I feel like from the example really quick from that you just gave about, you know, yeah. not getting tested or not having the conversation, this it's vulnerability. And we're hardly taught yeah. to be vulnerable, right? Ooh, because girl. we don't know who's, we don't know, if you don't know the person's motives for why they're with you. Or it's still kind of shaky or you're still kind of like, I don't know, et cetera, et cetera. It's a vulnerable position. This is why I'm so big on this, like the role plays, the going Mm -hmm. deeper and then doing that work. Because if you're feeling vulnerable, then it's like, well, I don't, I'm not about to, I'm not about to disclose or I'm not about to like have this really deep ass, super conversation with you. And, (laughs) and you know, 
And you know, to speak to this point, um, the the show that I did last week, one of the the research stories that came out last week was how um, I forgot what the stat was. I think it was like over sixty percent of women in this survey said that they hardly ask their partners to get tested or use protection with them because they feel like that's something that you do when you're at a deeper level with someone. If that makes sense. So it's oh, like, so it's oh, like, oh. it's like, I'm not uh, going to bring this true. up. I'm not going to bring this up because like, that's some, I'm not going to bring this up with a casual encounter because it's like, you're casual. Like, what am I talking about getting tested or using condoms with you for? But if it's like a that's deeper, <laughs> if we're in a relationship, then they're like, I guess we'll talk about this. So that's too late. It's the vulnerability piece. And either way, in your casual encounters and being vulnerable with a, you know, with a long-term partner, we gotta we gotta learn how to do that too. I literally had somebody say that to me. She said to me, "Well, you don't disclose that you have anything when it's just sex." What? So when we go into a deep relationship, tell somebody. I said, "You, you said just what? put that person at risk." You said what now? I don't. She said, "You don't disclose any STDs when it's just casual sex." No, I heard you. I just had to make sure I heard you. <laughs> This is what we believe. Yeah. This is what people believe. Yeah. So, and I'm going to say this to my men. I ain't talking to us no more. Cause we talk each other to death. <laughs> I talk to my men. Ask her the last time she been tested. Uh, start the conversation, honestly, dude. Start the conversation, dude. My whole thing is men are not getting enough attention pertaining to doing things. Mm. And I'm learning, even me talking to men, they are very vulnerable when they're comfortable with you. Mm -hmm. I have men get on my phone and literally tell me their whole life and right. all their sex <laughs> And But it's because I'm a comfort zone. Right. I'm going to be honest. Women, if he ain't talking to you about nothing, you ain't comfort zone. Mm. You don't make him feel comfortable to open up to you. And I'm not saying that it's all you sometimes. It could be fear. It could be past things. But it's something that's going on to make him not feel fully comfortable to talk about things. But I also want to challenge men to still ask the question. Ask it. Because at the end of the day, you're putting yourself at risk. And I know you don't want to have it, but you need to ask it. When the last time you got a test, did test it. Not a, not a pep smear. <laughs> when the last time. You yeah. went to and got tested. And if she say a year ago, y'all need to go get tested again. Because I tell people, after having, if I got tested three months ago and I had sex yesterday, which test is valid? Right. They don't know. Nobody we knows. We know. We know. <laughs> it ain't three months ago. Right. Because we're always three getting, months ago. Well, we're always getting checked out. I mean, yes, I agree with you on the men's thing. I challenge them to take it a step further. You be yeah, responsible. Okay. You be responsible for this conversation. And I and I, I'm saying uh, I'm saying it just good, like good. that because the thing is, yeah. as women, we are so responsible for everything. Getting the birth yeah. control. Okay, am yeah. I bleeding? Okay, am I tracking my cycle? Okay, am I going to the gynecologist? Okay, am I doing this, this, yeah. and that? And a lot of men, for people who are in heterosexual relationships, they're waiting for the person to come back to them to say, oh, hey, so I went to a doctor and found out blah, blah, blah. Well, why aren't you being proactive about mean. your health, too? Why are you just sitting there Let's waiting? Talk about that. What are you doing? It doesn't mean you don't have anything. Let 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 let's break that stigma right now. Right. Just because she good, don't mean you not. That's good. right. That's right. 
people think if I come in contact with an STD, I automatically get it live from a right. pit. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Right. So your partner can have an STD the whole time and you never get it. And you're like, how? This is just how it works. Right. Right. It it's happens. It's a 50-50 chance. All the time, it's a 50-50 chance. Right. That's what herpes, that's what HIV. Just because the purpose to have it doesn't mean you're automatically going to get it. Right. So kind of shifting a little bit for my individuals who are talking to somebody and they have an STD right. pertaining to HIV and herpes. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to automatically get it. Right. Okay? Like, I'm, I'm talking to them directly. Because I have people <laughs> like, well, they told me they have this. I'm scared. You're right. You should be. Right. Because you don't know nothing about it. You, you're scared of what you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you get educated, you will learn, dang, I'm at risk every day. Any guy told me. Right. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm, I want everyone to like, yeah, I want everyone to feel like they play an equal part and an Everybody. empowered part in their sex lives. And you can't do that yeah. when you're being passive about getting yourself checked out, asking questions, etc. So in going back, look, that, that question took us like 20 minutes to answer. Um, <laughs> so I want to know. There we go. There we go. So I want to know more about your work as an STD life coach. Like, what are some things that your clients are dealing with? What are the things that they need to discuss? How are they feeling emotionally? How are they feeling about their future? Um, like, what are, yeah, I guess as a person, as an outsider, me as a person who, who's, who does not have an STD, how, what are some things, can you give us some insight into what, what, you know, your clients are dealing with? Okay, so with my clients, majority of my, well, most, well, I'd say 99.5%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Of my clients have herpes, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, when they come to me, they're in a place where they are not educated about the virus. They just found out about the virus or they don't had the virus for a year to almost 10 years. I had women who had it for 10 years and still stuck like she just found out yesterday. Mm. And that tends to happen because of the lack of information. Number one, herpes lacks a lot of, they don't have much information. Their mm-hmm. research is really, really scarce. Yeah. So the stuff that you'll find online is contradicting itself a lot. Mm-hmm. So you will need somebody, an expert or myself, um, or another herpes activist to kind of clear it up. Mm. Because at the end of the day, that information go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you won't know what to take. As humans, we always tend to take the bad over the good. So it can mm. say something negative, so you're going to take that if you see that three more times, then you see something positive. I see, I see. You know, so he's like, I'll, I'll prevent doing these things for the sake of this happening because they keep saying it could, but that information is all wrong. Right. And you're living your life all wrong. Mm. Um, so I have people come to me because of information, so they want to be educated. I have people come to me for resources pertaining to support groups, which I do have one for women and men now. Nice. So you can get into the support group with me. And um, other people who are going through the same thing, you have to be around people who get you. you got to be around people who have it because then you will learn more. That's why I learned half of my information. And still today, I learn half of my information because of support groups or other activists. Because, And I know you can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. You ain't going to find it all on Google. No, absolutely not. <laughs> You're not going to find it all Because Google, you know what Google's going to do? You. Google's going to be like, you're going to die. Now you should have died <laughs> yesterday. You died ten years ago. Like Google, Google. Just... Because people, people can anybody can 
write blogs. Blogs are heavy now. Articles are heavy now. And sadly to say, a lot of stuff that we read is not correct. Right. And we got to realize words. If I change one word into another word, you change the whole mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. We're reading a lot of statements and no facts. Yeah. These are statements that we're reading. And you know what I'm talking about. You're like, that ain't even right. They changed the word and they changed the whole stat. Right. You know, but we know that because of the area, you know, the space that we sit in. But a basic person reading online is going to take stuff as as is. And you can't take as is. Right. Okay? Um. So... I give them resources pertaining to go to look for proper information and how to learn, how to kind of de- dissect the information and things like that. And then I help them disclose. Right. So I help people go through the process of telling their partner or telling their parents if they choose to tell them or whoever they choose to tell. I assist them in that. And I'm talking about pre-sex and after. I have had people who tell them before sex and I'll have people do after. And mm. I have helped with both. Mm. I love Okay. It happens. It happens. Yeah. And I'm not judging anybody. I have been a person who told after. Right. Okay? And that's because of fear. Yeah. It's fear. It's real. Just like going back to what we talked about early. Don't know how to have a conversation so we don't have them. Right. Not saying that I don't care about the person I'm having sex with. Not saying that I don't love them. Not saying I don't care about their health. But my fear and our communication is so shaky yes. that I don't even know how to do it. Right. Right. So it's don't important. think, and I want to say this now, don't think that person hates you or they being malicious or they just being mean. Mm. No, they don't really know how to tell you. Right. <laughs> they don't know how to word it for you to hear them and know that you're not trying to, be, that they did it on purpose. Because I'm going to tell you, just because I did it doesn't mean I did it on purpose. I did it because I was scared to tell you. And I did everything in my mind. I used the condoms. I checked myself a thousand times. Mm. I was taking my, you know, right. people do all of this to try to do, to make sure they don't give it to you. Right. And then ask you, are you good? Are you good? If right. somebody keeps asking you if you're good after sex, you need to ask them last time they've been tested, okay? That's just a, <laughs> a little secret, okay, into it. If they keep asking you that, that it's a chance, and this is not always, oh, but it's a shit. chance that if something going on with them that they're scared that you could have contracted from them. Or if somebody called them and told them after having sex with you that they got an STD, and now they're scared because they're waiting on their test results. But they did not know that information until after they had sex with you. It happens. It's, STDs are so situational. Right. <laughs> they're not across the board. They're situational. Um, so I assist with that. I do kept a couple sessions. So if you're in a relationship, y'all just not found out that one of you have have an STD, um, herpes to be exact. Um, I assist you answering questions, teaching y'all how to have safe sex after that. Try to reduce y'all chances of, um, transmission between each other. Things of that nature. I love those because I don't help so many couples. I'm like, y'all better do it. Yeah. I got people who about to get married right now. I got a wedding to go to in May. Come on. Well, one in May and another one this year. A lot of people are having babies and having, you know, I'm invited to all types of stuff because of a conversation that I had with them and their partner or they went back and had conversation with their partner and it worked out tremendous. That's so I'm right. excited about that. You my track record kind of good, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that is one thing as well. And then I go into, um, I do private coaching as well. If you're in a place where like, police, I need all that. Right. I, I need it all. Right. Then I'll work with you one-on-one and we will talk every week for four weeks to up to eight weeks and I'll work with you hand-in-hand and we will talk about whatever and that's calls or um, video conference. That's for all of those sessions. You can do those. Right. And I'll also do testing. Like, you send me your test results, I can dissect the test results. Y'all would think that I work in a lab. Y'all would think that I'm an OB. Like, because I know... Send me a picture. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that 
I'm like a doctor because I'm not. Let me tell you that. I'm a very big advocate on yeah. going to the doctor. Right. Yes. Our doctors, our health system is not perfect, no, but these not. people love what they do. Right. Are they angry? Yeah, they've been on their feet for 12 hours. Right. They ain't getting to eat, and they got to pee. <laughs> okay? Their bladder is about to bust, and you are dragging, talking about you don't know what's going on. Man, if you don't open your leg and let them see so they can go pee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Y'all don't understand. It's really difficult for them as well, so don't fault them when they don't know everything, or don't fault them when they come off a little... Not so pleasant, okay, or not no compassion because you just don't know what they went through throughout that day. Just a little, another little tidbit of how to treat each other while we go to our doctor. I see um, you. All right, yeah. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking at the time, and I got a couple. I got got a couple more questions for you because you know I want to be respectful. So, all right, my I have I have one last question, and then I have a um, I have a couple listener questions that came in while we while we're talking. Um, Absolutely. So I think this, I, f- I feel like this comes up a lot and I, I feel like this is one of these important things or one of the things that, that is at the forefront of people's minds when they've been diagnosed or they get their test results or when they're waiting for their test results is dating, dating and relationships and having sex. So how do you think we could get away from the stigma of dating uh, folks with STIs, and what are some tips that you have when it comes to when it comes to that thought process, like having sex and knowing what your symptoms are, and how can we better if people with STDs and people without STDs, how can we both better protect ourselves uh, when it comes to making sure that we're having good pleasure and pleasurable sex? Okay, my main thing is for the individual who has the STD. Mm -hmm. you do not have sex until you learn your body. Until you learn how to manage this thing, you do not have sex. Period. Mm. Okay? Because now you're putting people at risk because you're still uneducated. Mm. I should be able to come to you and ask you, when the last time you had an outbreak? When the last time, what are your symptoms? What are your triggers? I should be able to ask you everything about you and you're able to answer me. If you cannot, you're not ready because this is the same questions your partner's going to ask and they're trusting you. And this is not pressure, but this is trusting you to keep them safe at all costs. And I'm not saying all costs like it's no guarantee, but they're trusting you to say, okay, if she know all this stuff or he know all this stuff, then I know if I get it, it's because of the part that they don't understand. And that's the shedding piece. Okay, getting the virus when it's happening and you don't know what's happening. Okay, mm-hmm. but if I can do everything prior to that, then they're gonna feel more comfortable. For my people on the other side who do not have the STD, when they tell you you have the right to freak, okay, sure. I'm gonna give you the what the hell? What mm-hmm. you mean? It's okay. <laughs> you don't yes. have to feel like you can't say nothing. Yeah, it's okay because it's a scary thing. Nobody want an STD, just like nobody want to un um. Unwanted pregnancy, mm. it's, it's a reaction. Right. And anyone, you have the right to react, you have the right to have your own thoughts, but be be very, very, very considerate of this person you say you care about or want to have sex with because they have emotions and feelings just like you. So, yeah, you can say, dang, but be careful with your tone, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that. Be careful because you just don't know how much it they had to take to even say it to you. Exactly. Not telling you how to feel, but be thoughtful. The right. same way that you'll say, your mama tell you something, you want to say it, but you say it in a loving way because you don't want to get smacked. <laughs> Think about that. 
Okay? Yeah. Same way. You know, um, because you want to be considerate. This person took a lot to tell you they care about you and they want you to be safe. Mm. Also, take time to educate yourself. Okay? It's very important. Educate yourself um, and make sure you feel comfortable and understand your risk in it. Okay? Mm. Understand your risk. Don't depend on them telling you everything. Right. You go do your research, and then y'all come together, and y'all make sure the information is correct. Because what she know, or he know, you may not know, and you can come and say, oh, I read this, what you think it is. She's like, oh, yeah, read this real quick and tell me what you think. Have real conversations about it, and make sure you feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable, it's okay to say no. Stop ghosting people. Oh, shit. Okay. Believe, I told we ain't got time. You ain't got time. You ain't got time. What? You just just, just bringing up a whole... (laughs) That's a whole hour-long discussion right there. <laughs> we going to talk some more because that ghosting, we got to stop that. Go ahead. So, all right. So, I mean, this, we need to have a part two on this because talking yes, about herpes, yes. talking about herpes in itself is, I feel like, <laughs> such a mystery. And even for me, as a person who educates on STDs, it's still a mystery. Yep. And so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yep. finish with this, but then... We have to come back to just talk about signs, symptoms, sex, et cetera, with herpes. So when it comes to, I heard what you said, like knowing the tingling and everything, something that I know that I was taught was if you have herpes and you feel the tingle happening before the outbreak happens, you need to not have sex from that period until you've managed the outbreak. Is that correct? And are you less like, are you more... Are you more likely to spread it when you feel that tingling before that outbreak? Okay, so I want to answer this. So before, when you feel that tingling, you're having an outbreak. Let's okay. say this is this is only this is for example. You have any symptoms that you've seen before, or you think it is. Have no sex until that symptom is completely gone. Gone. No more tingling. No more nothing. Mm-hmm. And then wake a week after because you still shed. Like y'all know, let me use chicken pox, for example. Just because you don't see chicken pox doesn't mean you don't have it. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. So you got that linger time. Just say if you got a cold. Just because I'm not coughing don't mean I'm not sick. I see what you're saying. No, you got to have that week after kind of recover, okay? And yes, you're at higher risk because when you see a symptom or you're feeling a symptom, it's most contagious in that time frame. Woo! Okay. I'm coming yeah. back. I'm coming back because now I got to, next time we talk, I got to like take my notes. <laughs> I have to, I got to get my notebook out. So that's going to be part two because I feel like there's just, it's like we have herpes, we have the stigma, we have sex with herpes, but also like just herpes in general, I feel like we're still like lost. We're still like, what is this? What do we do? So, all right, just, just clear your calendar. We're doing this again. So, <laughs> I don't want to worry about that. I knew we were gonna talk a couple of times. I knew that. So we're gonna, this is the first part of the series. There we go. There we go. So I have a listener question. It comes from yeah. Val Pacino. Val says, "I want to know why, if herpes is so common and doesn't have any long-lasting effects on comorbidities, why is it so stigmatized?" Because there's no education. That's it. It's just that simple. Um, it's not common. It's common, but the CDC only focus on what's going to kill you. 
Right. The thing about it is the CDC, and I know people get mad about this, and I did too. I used to be like, but now that I understand it and kind of work close with the CDC, I see their viewpoint. We got to focus on what's taking people out on a mask. And I mean physically taking people out. This is taking us out mentally, but we got to let them see how it's affecting us mentally. Okay, that's a whole nother conversation. But at the end of the day, we just got to accept that it's no education. We felt the same way about HIV until we learned everything about HIV. Mm. So just look at the way we look at HIV and now understand we got to do the same thing for herpes for us to feel the way we feel about HIV. Okay. boom just like that boom all right the second the second part of val's question is also how can sex educators do the work to decrease stigma with their students and clients hmm pre-stigma uh, it ain't no pre-stigma. No, no, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just- no, 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 sorry. I, I, don't think, I don't think you heard me. I said, how can sex educators who do the work to decrease, to, how can they do the work okay, to decrease, decrease. stigma <laughs> with their students okay. and clients? Okay, pre-stigma, girl. We in stigma. Right. We can't get rid of it. This has been around for a minute. Um... <laughs> Okay, to decrease it, yeah. to decrease it, once again, it goes back to proper education and answering the question. Just like he asking questions, it got to be dialogue mm. between the individuals and the educator. Mm. We, as educators, tend to tell what we feel like is important, not what they want to know. Ooh. So we as educators have to go in, find out what they want to know, and talk about what they want to know. Right. Or we continue on the stigma because the answers didn't get answered. Mm. Mm. Come on. Come on. All right. I I see you a minute or less. And the last question comes from Jen. (laughs) Jen asks, I know this is a little personal, but how has your dating and intimacy life been since you've been diagnosed? Girl, I was a whole Mary, and he used to eat the booty. Girl, please. (laughs) Hear me. Listen to me. Like, girl, get it, okay? I got it so much. I felt like I got sex more, like, literally after herpes. I had... Hey guys, I'm gonna be honest. I was very, very promiscuous, um, and y'all have to hear my story later when we come back yes. on. But I was. I started having sex at 13, so um, I was getting it. And after I found out, I was scared. So I'm like, man, I can't get none. And I love oral. Oh my god, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> um, but after you know, getting to a point of just you have to disclose. I disclose to the guys, and they'll come in the room and, and literally not together, but separate. And they was like, "You good?" I'm like, "I'm good." Get it? And I ain't gonna lie. At this time, you know, some of these guys I wasn't used protection because we had been knowing each other for so long. We knew each other. You know, we felt comfortable with each other, so we didn't use protection, and none of them end up getting it. Thank mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, they knew they risked and they was willing to accept it. So no, I didn't have a problem at all and with dating um i'm divorced now and i'm just not focused on dating right now um but i don't have a problem they're very aware of what i do and honestly a lot of guys are like "Ooh, she's an activist and they kind of turn on nobody it's kind of weird they you know what i'm talking they about they like, ooh, girl you, ooh, you know they're like "Ooh, <laughs> she knows she knows what she wants she knows how to say it like get out of here get out, get out. You know, i had guys who were not interested it was not comfortable with the fact that I had herpes, but the fact that I was so bold about it, he's like, man, I'm good, man. If it happens, it's because she couldn't control it. That was just it. Oh, wow. Wow. 
You know, so it's all about confidence, I would say that. But um, I don't have any issues pertaining to that. Um, and I will tell just a tidbit uh, for anyone who is kind of scared that they will not have a date like that's not true. You can. You have to get your confidence back, and you got to learn to love yourself again. Amen. And that's what a lot of us are lacking. Amen. All right. All right. All right. We have our last question. Our last yes. question. All right. So. Where can listeners find you? No, not last. Last two questions. Where can listeners okay. find you? What kind of upcoming events do you have? How can we support your work? Everything. Okay. All right. So you can find me on Instagram. I love Instagram. So find me on Instagram. It's at belief.spivey, which she already put a post up. So just go back to That's that post. Right. Like it. Subscribe to me. I'm on YouTube at Belise Spivey. I have 200 and like 12 videos about herpes, so you got enough <laughs> information to last you a good bit until you get to me. Um, and also, if you're interested in doing a session or got a quick question, DM. I'm open. If you want to talk more, you can book a session with me on my Instagram page. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I'm coming to bed. Belise, I'm coming to bed. I, I have had- the over- Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, I was saying that I had an amazing time chatting with you, but you're bigging me up while I'm bigging you up. So go for it. <laughs> yeah, so my last, I do have an event that is a tour. So the Overcoming, Overcoming Gathering Tour starting here in Atlanta. If you're in the Atlanta area, it's February 22nd and 23rd. You'll get a private session with me. If you can't physically get to me, you will get a, a video session with me. And also, we'll have an educational day. I am having somebody from the state of Georgia infectious disease to come talk to us it's going it's going down and you'll you. also learn how to disclose which we all struggle with so that'll be good i'm coming to so many other states so go to my page learn about it if you want to come get your ticket all right all right belize my last question and i'm Yay! just so thankful that you made the time to be here that you just came here yeah. and taught us everything that you know it's been amazing I want to know, how do you build your vagistine? So vagistine was a coin, um, a, a coin. It was a term that I coined a few years ago, basically, um, basically believing that if folks have confidence of and in their vulvas and vaginas, that will lead to a healthy and more satisfying sex life. So how do you build your vagistine? I don't even know. <laughs> we got to practice it then. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with that because it's the first time, literally, that's the first time I came in contact with that term when I met you. So, um, when I was looking over your YouTube and your page, so that's something. Next time we get on here, you ask me that question, I'm going to be ready. Listen, I'm not ready this time. That I'm means not, I got to sure. be, that means, <laughs> that means I got to do the work that, I got to do the work that, uh, that you do. I got to be a, I got to be the Vagistine life coach. I got to teach you how to, how to put that energy Love up on that cooch so that you can have that answer ready. All right, Belize. <laughs> I had an amazing time chatting with you. I, I cannot wait to see what you do next. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the Vagistine Podcast. I enjoyed you. Talk to you soon. Yay. Hey, y'all. I hope you learned something from the amazing Belize today. Um, just wanted to give you a reminder to follow Vagisteam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're going to be doing our questions episodes soon. So if you have any questions, you can send them to Vagisteam at gmail.com, or you could text them to 443-692-7802. We will make sure that you get your questions answered. 
Also, Vagisteam has a few events coming up in the next couple of months. If you want to know all about them, you have to follow me on Instagram because that's where I post most of them. You can put your name on our email list at vagisteam.com and I could keep you updated that way. I don't have time to be sending a whole bunch of emails, so I'm only going to send you an email when I have an event, so you ain't got to worry about me filling up your inbox. I don't care that much, okay? Emails aren't my thing. Um, Also, Vagisteam is on a college tour. We are on a speaking tour, so if you are a student at a college, go to a college, work at a college, if you run a community group, if you run a bar, whatever you want, Vagisteam will make it happen. I will come to you and I definitely, definitely, definitely want to work with you. Also, let me see what else contribute to the podcast. Every single contribution you make makes a difference. And here's the thing. You don't have to just make a contribution with money, although that would be great because all the coins that you give goes right back into the podcast, right back into Vagisteam and hosting events and workshops where we make sure that we are spreading the good health education, we are spreading the Vagisteam love, and we are having courageous conversations. So if you want to donate to the podcast, you can do so by making sure that you tell a friend. You see, look, boom, giving you a free option. I know the coins is tight. Boom, tell a friend, post about it. Let people know that you're listening to the podcast using hashtag podden. Um, Make sure that you get your friends involved. Let them know how much you love Vagistine. Post about it. Talk about it. Also, you can contribute by leaving a review of the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone, you can leave a review and a comment that way. Wherever you listen to the podcast, for all the other platforms, make sure that you follow, make sure that you leave comments wherever you can, because the more engagement we have, the more that people follow the podcast. And if you would like to drop coins, of course, it's amazing. You can drop coins on the, on the cash app at dollar sign Vagisteam. You can hit me up on Venmo at, this one's different, it's at Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-G-E-F-F. That's on Venmo. You can even, if that's too much to remember, you can go and donate with the PayPal link on my website at vagisteam.com. All of your love is reciprocated. It is so much appreciated. I'm so grateful for it in any way that you give it. Anyway, I'm out of here. I hope you all have a great week. I am traveling next week, and I don't know what my connection is going to be like. So if you don't get a podcast episode next week, it's coming. I apologize in advance. I just don't know what my recording accommodations are going to be like just yet. But I hope you all have a great week. Keep building that Vagisteam, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.